Thank you for joining us, friends. We will jump right into it. Lou and I welcome you to this show, which is uh, chapter 13, verse 15. And today we're going to be talking about further expressions of Brahman. If you listen to the previous episode, in verse 14, we were saying how Brahman has really no body, no senses, no uh, perception of any kind, but without Brahman, we cannot perceive anything or act in any way. We're not alive. We are alive because of Brahman. So verse 15 says, shining by the functions of all the senses, without any senses, unattached yet supporting all, devoid of gunas, which means qualities, and enjoying the gunas, which are qualities. Mm -hmm. So this is verse 15. And as I said before, sometimes these don't make sense on the surface. It's like a dream. You have to peel it away and get to deeper levels. So let's start at the most superficial level. The supreme reality, Brahman, is essentially consciousness, right? Just pure consciousness. When it lands on something, it gives it life, it gives it consciousness, and it expresses through whatever it lands in, just like electricity falling on a light bulb and giving light or falling on a fan and causing the fan to go around, air conditioner, a car, an electric car. So Brahman expresses through all the functions of the senses. So eyes are enlivened by the Brahman. Without Brahman, the eyes cannot see. Yet Brahman has no eyes. But without Brahman, your eyes cannot see. Brahman enables the ears to hear, but has no ears Brahman has no ears. Brahman enables your hands and feet to function, to move, but Brahman has no hands and feet. I think that's fairly clear, but it's important to reiterate and to speak it out aloud. Its presence is seen, Brahman's presence is seen, but Brahman has no senses. I know, I know what I know, I see, I taste, I touch. Brahman, thank you, and it enlivens my senses. Um, the five organs of perception and the five organs of action are enlivened by Brahman. Brahman has no gunas. We're going to be talking further about gunas, but we mentioned these before, that gunas are sattva, rajas, and tamas. Sattva is purity, um, equanimity, rajas is action and agitation, and tamas is just laziness. <laughs> But Brahman is also known, we remember we talked in earlier parts of chapter 13 about Kshetragnya and Kshetra. Kshetra is the field, which is our body, mind, intellect. And Kshetragnya is that consciousness, which is aware of the body and the mind and the intellect. Brahman is the enjoyer of gunas. Brahman enjoys sight. Brahman enjoys taste but not enjoy in that sense like you and I would enjoy something delicious to eat. We eat and say, oh my God, that tastes so, de <laughs> so delicious. Brahman has no desires, so Brahman doesn't say, oh my God, I wish I could eat that again. So we appreciate these verses more when we have the 20 qualities of a guna, of a, of a jnani that we had uh, spoken earlier on in chapter 13. So without Brahman, our 10 sense organs, the five organs of perception and the five organs of action are organs. Everything is inert. We're dead without Brahman. 
Hmm. Perceiving and acting is purely dependent on Brahman. So the unmanifest Brahman is the substratum of the world itself. As we said in the last episode, our dream is dependent on our underlying mind. If you don't have a mind, you won't dream. If you're dead, you won't dream. If you're alive and you're asleep, you will dream. That dream can be very vivid, but it is really dependent on the mind. The substratum of that dream is the mind, right? Similarly, the substratum of everything in the world and beyond is the unmanifest Brahman. It manifests itself, Brahman manifests itself when it alights onto something. So I think that part is clear, that when light falls, if it goes through a vacuum, you see nothing. It's pitch dark. But while it's right. going through the vacuum, if there's a pieces of dust, as it falls on it, you'll see the sparks of dust in the vacuum. The Upanishads give uh, examples of this. The Upanishads speak of the ocean, the vast ocean having multiple waves, multiple ripples of waves. Sorry about this phone keeping on ringing. Uh, <laughs> Just as the ocean supports the waves, if there is a tsunami, the ocean remains the same. If there is no tsunami, the ocean is calm, ocean remains the same. There's monsoon, waves are big, crashing onto the rocks. Ocean is the same. No matter what's happening on the surface to its waves or whatever, the ocean remains the ocean. As the tides rise and the tides fall, the ocean remains the ocean. Global warming, water levels are dropping, ocean remains the ocean. Brahman remains Brahman no matter what happens on World War II, World War III, uh, global warming, Brahman is Brahman, same as the ocean. Let's look at another substratum, which is gold. Just as an example, as in the scriptures, gold is gold. You take that gold and you make a nice, beautiful necklace. And then you say, I'm tired of this necklace. You melt the gold necklace down. It becomes back to gold. And that gold, you make it into a big bangle and you put it around your wrist. It's still gold. Doesn't matter if it's a necklace or bangle or a tiara around the head. Gold is gold. Brahman is Brahman. It can, Brahman can present as a human being, as an elephant, as a hippopotamus, as a monkey, as a tree, as an insect, all of these. And the beauty is, keep this in mind that there is no limit to Brahman. People often say, well, what happens when you know, you've, you've made a billion human beings, billions and billions, and won't you, how many more can come? There's no limit. Brahman is limitless. So same thing with gold. Now, another example from the scriptures and the gurus and swamis that gave this is mud and clay. Mud and clay, when you form into a shape of a pot, you see mud and clay or you see a pot. You actually see the pot, right? right. You see, but that pot wouldn't be there if it were not for the clay. This is a clay pot. You see the pot, then you paint it in different colors and dis different designs on the pot. And you say, this is a, a jug for water. This is a jug for flowers. This is a jug to put food in, whatever. Different kinds of things. But it's still clay. The underlying substratum of that pot is the clay and the mud with which it is made. 
Similarly, the underlying substratum of every human being of this world, everything around us is Brahman. So the verse says it's part of our illusion of life, isn't it? We look at that mud in that form and we think of it as a pot. We don't think of it as mud anymore. That's actually right. It's mud. Beautiful, beautiful statement, because we all in this world, somebody was writing to me that how come I can't see myself as Brahman? Why can I only see myself as my body, as my, as my um, uh, sense organs? And that's because we're separate from Brahman. If you could see yourself as Brahman and not as your body, mind, intellect, then you would be self-realized. So you're right. We are so wrapped up from early childhood to believe in this as the body is me. I look at the mirror. I look at that thing in the mirror and I say, this is me. No, it's not me. It's just my body. It's just the vehicle. Or an example you gave earlier that I really like, the eye cannot see the eye. Your sense of sight cannot see your eye. Yes. And yet it's the one providing the sense of sight. So you know it's there, you assume it's there, but you can't see it. Yes. And then to go one step further than that is to say the eye is actually not even the one that's seeing it. It's Brahman that is enabling the eye to see, but yet Brahman doesn't see. Mm -hmm. So each time you go deeper and deeper. Yeah. So without a pot there's still clay, right? You could have clay, not have a pot, and you'll have clay, but you right. won't have a pot. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't have clay, you wouldn't have a pot. The clay is necessary in order to have a pot, but the pot is not necessary in order to have clay. So Brahman is necessary for us to have this world and us mm -hmm. as body, mind, intellect. But if we are not there as body, mind, intellect. And everything went back into that tiny little dot from which it went, first came when there was this great bang, bang. Everything goes back into that tiny little dot. Brahman is still there. The world, everything has disappeared. It's gone in. But it's dormant. It's still there. So the pot may not be there, but clay is still there. The clay is there. Even without the pot, the pot cannot be there without the clay. I hope I'm not made it uh, clear. The whole world, the whole pot is made of Brahman. Right. Brahman has no gunas. It appears as if it's enjoying the gunas. In other words, just to wrap that up, in other words, just to wrap that up, we will look at another person and see the person. We will not see Brahman. It's the same thing as seeing the pot and not understanding that it's clay. Right, which yeah. is the reason, by the way, that in India, a lot of people, in the, especially in the olden days, would mark a dot or a stripe on the forehead so that when you look at a person, one of them, it's multi-factored, but one of the things, reasons for that dot or the lines on your forehead was to say, don't look at my face, how beautiful I am or how ugly I am. But look at this mark that should remind you that I am Brahman. Focus on me as another part of Brahman and Atman, just like yourself. Right. Don't look at my face. Don't look at my body. Don't look at how deformed I am or how beautiful I am. Look at me as if I'm just another part of you, which is Brahman or Atman. So we are a combination. Now talking about gunas. Each one of us is a combination of three gunas, sattva, rajas, and tamas. Very, very important topic we're starting on now. We are a combination. In order to be self-realized, a self-realized person is completely sattvic. 
all sattva. And that is equanimity, purity, cleanliness, all good. Rajas is all action, passion, agitation. Tamas is inertia, laziness, and lethargy and ignorance. Keep that in mind. Write it down if you need to because it will come up again and again. Brahman has no gunas. Brahman appears as if it is enjoying the gunas, but Brahman is only enlivening the gunas. It brings out the best in you in terms of sattva, or if you happen to be your mind and intellect happen to be tamasic, lazy, inertia, then Brahman enlivens that tamas within you. But Brahman is not sattvic, Brahman is not rajasic, Brahman is not tamasic. You are. It is only enlivening those gunas within you, even though it may appear that Brahman is. Atman or Brahman. Atman is a smaller sub-portion of Brahman. Atman is. Atman is a manifester. It only manifests a certain way. It gives life. It enjoys the gunas. Atman, Brahman is everywhere. Yet it is right here. It is right now. You don't see it. So you may say that um, the blind don't see the resplendent sun. This is in the Atma Bodha. The blind, just like the blind, don't see the resplendent sun, even though it's there. His blind person says, I don't see anything. He doesn't see the sun, even though you say, can you not see it? Look how bright it is. It's hot. It's, I can feel the heat, but I can't see any light. So doesn't mean the sun isn't there. You and I cannot see Brahman or the Atman. Doesn't mean it's not there. We're blind to it right now. Mm -hmm. But when you become self-realized, you become aware of it. When you wake up from a dream, only then you are aware that you were dreaming. So, friends, that is verse 15. Further expressions of a Brahman. And let's uh, go on to verse 16 in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us.